0: Welcome to Views from the Porch, a lifestyle podcast where we have weekly conversations about some of the biggest challenges young adults face today. Our desire is to use God's Word in our experience leading thousands of young adults at the porch to challenge you, push you, keep it real with you, and walk alongside you as you navigate your defining years as a young adult. For more info on the porch, visit theporch.live or follow us on social media. And
1: with that, here's this week's episode.
0: What's up, guys? This is David. We are back with another episode of Views from the Porch, joined with the one and only J.D. Rogers. What's up? And Mrs. Laura Eldridge. Hey,
1: y'all. What's up, guys? I'm
2: kind of
0: tired. I
2: am, too. (sighs) Baby life, man.
1: I'm like, y'all don't even know tired. (laughs) <laughs>
2: yeah, honestly, I yeah, I say that, and then you're like, baby life, and I'm like, oh, maybe I'm not that tired. Then you're like, I have a baby in me, and I'm like, well, maybe he's not that tired. <laughs> 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 oh, it's so true. Uh, Laura, sleep right now while you
0: can. But that is not what we're talking about, <laughs> unless you want to talk about it. What are we talking about?
2: We are talking about God's will, or mm. as Drizzy Drake would say, God's plan.
1: Mm. <sighs> this is a good one. God's
2: it is. Plan. It is. And I think when I think about God's will— It's such an, is the word arbitrary? Sure. Ambiguous.
0: Yeah, ambiguous. Like lofty
2: term that I don't think anyone really knows what they mean. It's kind of like the same phrase as uh, hearing from God. Yeah. You like say, I heard from God and everyone's like, yeah, I I know exactly what you mean. And then when I think about it, I'm like, wait, what do you mean? Because (laughs) what does hearing from God mean to you? And so if I say, yeah, that's in God's will, I'm like, yeah, totally. And then I'm like, wait. What's God's will mean mm. to you? Yeah, uh, because it's there's not like a def, like a strict definition attached to it, I feel yeah. like. So I guess first, let's just start by defining what is God's will? I think it's a
0: really important question that probably most people haven't thought of, but they've thought of in some way. and here's what I mean by that. Like they may not have asked it the exact way, but somewhere they've like wondered, yeah, and by that, I mean, when you say, hey, is that God's will? Well, the Bible says God is sovereign and in control of everything. So is anything not God's will? Like, was it God's will that we broke up? Was it God's will that we dated? Is it we broke up and God controls everything, so I guess it was God's will or was it not? And that could play itself out in a lot of different ways. I mean, I'm, what other examples I, I feel like add? we
1: use it. It's a little confusing because I don't feel like people probably say, like, is that God's will? Do y'all? Like I think they say more like, Oh, they use it as an excuse for um I
0: think they blame God. How did yeah, God let that happen? Yeah,
1: like yes, that or, or I guess it just
2: wasn't God's will. It wasn't God's yeah. will.
1: And it's like, no, you were hooking up and you kinda ran the relationship into the ground. Like yeah. um
2: I think a lot of people too say and more to your point, I think they actually say, I just want to do what God wants me to do. Yeah. I just don't know what God wants me to do. What, exactly.
1: They say, what's God's will for my life? And they want to know exactly. Like, what is God's will? I have to be walking in it. And I'm scared to get off of track of this, like these tracks that God has laid for me.
2: Yeah. So is there an actual definition that when someone comes to the place, a crossroads in life, where they ask, what's God's will for my life? Is there something they can look to to like check off a checklist to know? Yeah. If it's God's will. I think, so there's, uh, when you um, talk about this
0: theologically, which is just a big word for like talking about, you know, learning Bible about things. God. Yeah, Bible things. There, the Bible has what seems to be at least two wills of God. And by that, I mean, we're told in 1 Timothy that God desires all men to be saved everywhere. And yet we also know that not everyone is going to choose to trust in Jesus, that some people are going to make the decision, hey, I'm not going to believe in him and I don't want to. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4, God's will is for all people to be saved. So if that's God's will, how are all people not saved? He's God. He can do whatever he wants. Yeah. Because there's also there uh, there's the decreed will and the declared will. So the declared will is what is going to happen. The decreed will is the desires of God. And that's kind of lofty language. Yeah, it's but
1: weird language. A way
0: to put it would be, hey, there is God's desired outcome, and then there is what is actually going to happen because yeah. he allows us to exist in a world where there is both his sovereign power and there is free will and free decision making that we each get to do. So yeah. God's will for your relationship is for you to date with purity and end up having, you know, get married and have kids that you raise to walk with Jesus. But He allows for you to make decisions that were not a part of his will, and yet he's sovereignly over all things. So that's kind of the balance where both these things coexist, and it is difficult to understand or even explain that God works all things according to his will, and yet he has revealed will. Maybe that's a better way of saying it. Yeah. There's a revealed will in Scripture, which is the do this, do this, do this. This is what God is like. This is what life is like. Then there's the unrevealed will, which is God – sovereignly in control over all the circumstances that happen in our world that were not his prior or his uh, originally designed decree to happen, that he didn't desire for cancer to take place, but he's going to use because we live in a sinful world where sin was introduced. He's going to use every cancer, every sickness, every breakup, every heartbreak for those who love him to bring about good. And so the desired will for God is one thing, and then the kind of revealed will of what happens sovereignly is just life- takes place. is another thing. So that's how those two exist. And so depending on how you're talking about them, it could be true. Is this God's will or was it not God's will? I think for us, how do I live in line with the revealed will of God in scripture?
1: Okay. So just in case anybody got lost there, because that's really good. I don't want to miss it. It's like, there's basically what God desires, right? Yep. And then there's like what God plans slash allows to happen and uses, right?
0: Yeah. There is what... Um, one theologian put it as what shall be and what should be.
1: Oh, that's good.
0: God allows what's going to happen, God's in control of. Yeah. Nothing is outside of his control.
1: Okay, so what is clear is like what God wants for you, like what God desires, and there's like some element of like you have the ability to make decisions there in line with what God wants. Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay, there's that, but then there's another part that's like I feel like a lot of people ask like, hey, what are God's plans for me?
0: Yeah, and I think that if someone was listening and they're like, "Hey, man, is this is this person the one? Are they the, you know what God's will would have for me?" Yeah, I think what Scripture makes clear is two things: He's much more concerned, and we should be much more concerned with living according to His revealed will or His revealed instructions. Yeah, on how to date and how to love and all that stuff. And in my experience, the person who's more uh, familiar with the revealed instructions and lives more according to the revealed instructions is able to better identify the unrevealed will of God. Is this the person that I'm supposed to marry? It's like this. If my wife made a shopping list of things that I'm supposed to go get, that's her revealed will. I want you to go to Target. Do you guys shop at Target? Yeah. My wife does. Man, my wife loves Target. Um it's in their dna it's yep. in their dna i <laughs> yep. just don't get it target
1: really nailed it
0: it's not that much better than walmart i'm just
1: okay say it. <gasps> okay i <laughs> said now, it there I you will go. agree i will disagree Listen, with that ladies. okay
0: it's cleaner it's a little bit nicer there's the Mm-mm. you know Massimo clothes but oh, let's not there's get distracted
1: there's home decor there's groceries it's there's just clothes it's
0: brighter it, like, it is brighter i will say that and like
1: more organized yeah
0: i just feel better lower ceilings yeah anyways like my spirit wife, versus the flesh that's what i
2: think uh.
1: <laughs> My wife sends me to
0: Target. She has a revealed will. I want you to buy eggs, milk, yada, 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 yada. As I'm walking through the store, I may see something that is on sale or that I know she had been looking for that's not on the list of the revealed will, but it's because I know and I have a relationship and I walk intimately with her that I would say, oh, this is something she would want, and so I should add this to the list. I think in the same way, in a or at least a similar way, When we live according to the revealed will of God and we date that way and we work that way and we give that way and we use our life that way, the unrevealed will in decision making, when it comes to some gray areas, like should you marry him or not? Well, the revealed will says, does he love Jesus? Is he the type of person you could spend your life with? Is he going to make a good spouse? Okay, check, check, check. So should you marry him? Is that God's will? Well, he fits the revealed will. Does that mean you have to marry him? No. No. And so I think it becomes us better able to go, maybe it is, maybe it isn't, but he certainly fits the revealed descriptions God says in his will that I should look for. So does that make sense? I feel like we're using lofty language.
2: I think, or a lot of young adults find themselves, I was talking to a girl yesterday. She is working right now in Dallas, but there's this, like, opportunity that came up where she's a nurse and she can go do a two-month program in California, and then she can come back and, you know— but that means she'll leave. She's in consistent community right now. She's part of a church. She's all these different things. And so, you know, she wants to know what does God want? Yeah. And I don't know. I think some people would be like, you should pray about it and get an answer. Yeah. And I've heard other people be like, I think God lets you choose. Yeah. But then I'm like, do we really choose anything? Like, yeah. <laughs> which I won't even go into that right now. But, you know, you, what should she do? Do.
0: Yeah, you uh you were counseling somebody down by the stage and you um I can't remember exactly how you framed it up, but basically, JD, you said, and I'll let you pick it up, you were like, Hey, I'm about to read you from scripture. And then what did you say? So was that on Tuesday night at the yeah, yeah. porch?
2: I said, Hey, I'm about to I'm about to read you the words from the Bible and the first verse I took him to said that all scripture was breathed by God and can be used for training and correcting and all that stuff. And so I said, that means that what I'm about to read you has significant impact on your life because it's from God directly himself. So if you want to know what God thinks of you and what's wants for your life, you need to listen to what I'm about to say because this is directly from his heart. Yes. So
0: it was God's words, God's instructions, God speaking to you. And I to that girl, to use that scenario, I think she has to ask the question, hey, what would God's word say
2: about this? And
0: there's a lot of different answers to that.
2: But it's not like... Uh, thou shalt move to California Yes So what What like what like would be How would you play that out for her To look to God's word
0: Yes This is where I think We try to use the Bible As a magic eight ball Which is not what the Bible is So that we take principles from So we want to turn Open the Bible And go Oh uh, Abraham moved To the uh, Khalifa of Gabron, I think Khalifa is short for California and I'm supposed to move to California and that's not a, a accurate reading of like what God wants. I think she needs to go, God calls me to live on mission, calls me to live in community. He says, remember you're created in the days of your youth. So I'm supposed to, in my young adult years, prioritize my relationship with God. I'm supposed to constantly think about how to be salt and light in the workplace. Is this an opportunity where I can be salt and light? Okay, yeah, maybe it is. Is this an opportunity where I'm gonna grow my faith? Uh maybe, well, how do I know? Do I think I'll have a strong support church community, a group around me? Uh I'm not sure. Okay, now I'm going to hit pause. Cuz God's revealed will is that I have that around me. Do I think that moving to this location is so clear to me that if I'm not confident I will have God's revealed will of having been a part of a local church and connected that I should take that step forward. And I think that becomes more and more clear. Not that she would be in disobedience if God made it clear you're supposed to, and maybe he wants you to move into that community and plant a church and be that salt and light. But I think those are the questions to begin to ask. There's a fear in us that is, I'm gonna miss out on this ambiguous um, will of God that I took the wrong train and I missed my husband forever. And I took the wrong job and I was supposed to actually be a NASCAR driver and not a pastor. (laughs) And, you know, I've blown it for forever. Have you wrestled with it? That's very specific. (laughs)
2: Look,
0: look, Uh, I can see you in the uniform, (laughs) actually. Yeah.
2: Okay. Good. You have to look.
0: I think you wrestle, or like, uh, use that tongue in cheek, but like, we're like, oh no, did I miss it? And I think God is, to use the work example, he's so much more concerned about where we, I mean, how we work, where we work, than where we work. Yeah. That we work is pleasing unto the Lord not to men. Colossians 3 says that I work hard that I honor him, that I see myself as salt and light. And beyond that there's a lot of freedom in ways that I think we just overcomplicate it.
2: That's good.
1: Yeah. Okay, so I feel like this is it is it is kind of like this really big weird hard topic to understand. But what about okay, say I'm paralyzed with like making a decision, what I just heard you guys say is like, first of all, just check that you're like following God Yeah, here as in like the things that he's already laid out in scripture, right? Because we can focus so much on like, what do I do? Is this the right move? You know? So you're saying first check like, hey, am I honoring God? What are my motives? Like that kind of stuff, right?
0: Sure. Yeah. And well, I'm then, saying go to scripture and, and say, what does God's revealed will say about this?
1: And then are you saying just like, are you saying that you can't like have nudges? Like what if I feel like God is nudging me to do something or like I just have this strong sense of like I should move to California?
2: I think. uh, Or I can't get California off my mind or.
0: Yeah. I think sometimes God can speak through nudges and things like that. But I'm saying, all right, now I'm going to say something that that I'm going (laughs) to lose credibility or people are going to think. I can't believe you just said that. I think a lot of times in those circumstances, it's a coin flip and you could stay in Dallas and you could honor God and how you do that really matters and what that looks like and being on mission, being salt and light, loving people, sacrificially using your life. And if you do that in Dallas or California, I think that you're doing the will of God. You're clearly doing what he calls you to in the will of God. And then if, he, if you feel so confident that he's calling you to California and and there's something that you can't even really articulate but you feel that nudge and you go there and you do the revealed will of God then you're still within the will of God.
1: So are you being disobedient if you feel that nudge and you like you think God said like do this and then you don't do it?
0: I'd want to hear what y'all think. Uh, what I would say is there's a way in which I feel that nudge and I act out the will of God.
2: And how I process that nudge.
1: No, that's that's good.
2: Because there's Here's what, wise counselors that come along. And you said this kind of earlier, but more practically an, an example in my life. I don't trust my nudges when I haven't been with the spirit and when I haven't been actively putting on the spirit and doing the things of the spirit. Yeah. Galatians talks a lot, Ephesians 4, I believe, talks a lot about what it looks like to put off and put on and the fruits of the spirit and what will happen when you walk in the spirit. When you're abiding with God, when you're dwelling and you're in like extended time of worship and prayer, all those things I think have to come first. Yeah. For you to be able to trust those nudges and those nudges, I think are the the fruit of the Spirit, guiding you and leading you in life. And I, if I feel a nudge, if I feel it, which honestly just means like a strong emotion towards something, I first go, where is this coming from? Right now, am I walking in the flesh these last few days or in the Spirit? Because if I haven't, then I'm going to go, if I haven't walked in the spirit, then I'm going to go now, go put on the spirit. I'm going to go spend time in God's word. I'm going to go spend time with God's people. I'm going to spend time in prayer. I'm going to worship. I might fast. I, I will do all these things to go, okay, now that I have like gotten out of the flesh and my busyness and my crazy hectic life and like spent time with God to actually set up a place to hear from him, do I still feel that nudge? Do I still feel that call? And that's that's oftentimes what it looks like for me, um, and I think a lot of people what they're describing is just like an emotion or a feeling, and like they're like it's like deep down you just want to do that I think, and you're trying to make this like this hyper spiritual totally. analysis, and it's like I think you just want to do that, and I think you should just be honest with yourself. But then there are times where I interact with someone with kidney failure, and I go and sit down, and I'm like. I don't even know my blood type. I'm giving that guy my kidney. And I declare it. And I'm not saying speak it, claim it. I'm not talking about that. I just, like, I said it. I tell strong I felt that nudge you're talking about. I felt in my quiet time I was journaling. Yeah. And, like, you know how, like, sometimes you can't tell, if, is that my conscience or is that the Holy Spirit speaking to me? Like, what is that? Like, for me in that moment, it was, like, my conscience. Normally it's just this, like, constant, like, normal voice like this. It was, like, screaming. It was, like, so... Yeah, different. Yeah, heavy. Yeah, couldn't shake it, and and so I was like, I gotta listen to that that voice. Yeah, and so I think it's not as black and white as we want to make it. I just don't think it is, but I think the way that you like really double down and check it is first to look at, like you said, am I walking in God's revealed will, and that's what helps me funnel. His whatever the other will you said I don't remember what you called it. Yeah, his unrevealed will. Yeah, because like what's not yet revealed, um, is this what is this from you God? Well, you got to make sure first that you're being with him. Yeah, you, you'd even recognize his voice.
0: Yeah, which takes time. And I think to sum all that up, it's kind of like man, we should probably double down and focusing on his revealed will. That's the Bible, and trust God with the unrevealed will.
1: Yeah, so basically like I feel like there are a lot of people who really do. And this was probably me for a long time with Christianity where it's like you open the bible to feel something, you um pray and you like feel something and then there's this like sensitivity basically. Um but you're not necessarily focusing in on the things like your character and all that stuff. Yeah. And to that person it's like don't freak out at like every decision that you have. And, like, start focusing, like, know that God's going to redirect your path and yep. win every time, like, whatever decision it is that you're going to make, right? Sure. But then there's these other people. Here's where I want to talk for a second. Then there's these other people that I feel like just cut off every amount of, like, um. hey, there is some kind of emotion there. There is some kind of something there where it's like, no, you don't you don't get to make that decision, like just read the Bible, just trust the Bible. And and basically it's like, you can't really camp out in either of those extremes.
0: I think there's so many grays in life. And it's like, we, we obsess over the grays and we neglect the black and whites, like mm-hmm. the black and whites That's in the good. Bible that are like, man, this is very clear. And then we obsess over, well, maybe I'll feel something that will lead me towards that. And Whoa. sure, God can do that. But even in your scenario, JD, like I just think we have to be so careful. If I'm not 100% confident that God told me to do something, I want to be very careful using those words. Like, hey, God is telling me I'm supposed to give my kidney. Dude, if God is telling you that, you better go down there. And even if they reject your blood type, you say, I am giving my kidney. Or whatever the scenario is. Because It's crazy you say
2: that. I said that. Yeah. It got to a point where I didn't know of my blood pressure. I'm like, this is happening.
0: Yes, but to use I'm another here. example, to the girl who's <laughs> like, I feel like God told me to go to California. If God told you, you go. You don't yeah. wonder. That's good. Yeah, mm-hmm. but oftentimes it would just mean, I think. And I yeah. think it's a much more humble posture to say, I, I think God is telling me. Yeah. yeah, And I want to focus on what I know he's telling me in the Bible. The last thing I would say is, I think people ask the question, hey, what if I miss God's will? Or what if I'm missing? And I think there's ways in which you should be saying, how am I currently missing God's will? And what I mean by that is not like, Oh, man, I should have married Rob. I mean, how am I not being who God calls me to be in the Bible today? Yeah. As I love my coworkers, how did I not honor my parents in that exchange? That's God's will. And yes, you are you may be missing, probably are missing it. And that's more concerning and something that I think is an easier thing to concern ourselves versus the ambiguous, like maybe, which you'll never really know anyways.
2: Okay, so say you have a decision to make and or say something presented to you, like a new job opportunity. Yeah how I have operated in life is I keep just putting one foot in front of the other. And I always say, my question is like, I always say, um, man, God will like interrupt, like something will come in front of me, like a California opportunity or like that girl or like, like another job. And what I always say is, okay, I want to know if this prayer is wrong. I'm like, God, I'm going to just keep expecting you want me to be here. And if you want me to take that job, I need you to make it abundantly clear, like almost writing on the wall, clear. Yeah. Like, make me dream about it. Make me obsess about it. Make it be like, the word California is just like on like everything I see. Like I, I don't want really to get California, California of mine, and even make my now Jenna, come to like, put it on her heart. Yeah. 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 Is that wrong? I
0: think. All right. I don't want to insult you. But I think this is, and it goes back to something in all of our hearts. We make ourselves the star of a narrative and a movie story that's happening. And I think the movie story is just not that significant. So I think you could have the freedom to go, God, I'm gonna continue in this job and I wanna every day focus on what you tell me to be and the guy and man I'm supposed to be in my job. And if you open a door for another job, I hope that you provide wise counselors and they encourage me and instruct me on whether to take that. And then I would say, side note, and if you took it and it's not like a directly in sin you know, decision, you can still be in God's will. And by that, I mean, live out what the Bible says and go take that job. I just think it's a much more of a coin flip. And we make it these huge deals because we see ourselves as this, this hugely important person. And the reality is no one's really that significant. Jesus is the most significant. We're going to die and be forgotten in 20 years.
2: And, and, uh, but if right now you're, you've worked at Watermark for how long? 13 and a half years. How long at the porch? 10 plus. If If right now someone presenting you a job opportunity that was like, hey, you're going to make this amount of money, you're going to go the next thing that seems like it makes sense for your ministry, Yeah. you have invested so much at the porch yeah. that you're going to want to make sure it's that's what God wants yes. for
0: your life, right? I can answer how I think of it. Okay. It's, it's,
2: it's not an uncommon, I mean, that sounds weird. But like you're not going to just be like, if I take it, like, yeah, I'm leaving twelve years of the porch behind. Like, yeah, yeah, here's, I don't, I'm not the major role. Of my my story. Yes, yes, it feels you're right. bigger. Yeah, you right. What you're making it.
0: Here's how I navigate those waters for me. So I don't know how this translates, but I ask the question: Is this an p- opportunity where I could make a bigger kingdom impact? Because we all live a short amount of time. Life is short. Eternity is long, and
2: I want to make. I want to live a life that has an eternal impact. So how does that not contradict the, I'm the important person?
0: Well, here's the question I'm asking, because my life is to serve Jesus's kingdom. And so I run through the filter and this question haunts me. It really does. It's why I I have said many times, and let's not even go down the road of, of ministry and taking those steps. I just ask the question, God, I want to make a kingdom impact. And if I have a job opportunity that pops up, is this a bigger kingdom impact that I I can make? Maybe it's more money, but it's not as much of a kingdom impact. And the Bible would say, hey, that's a foolish thing to to sacrifice what is temporary for that which is eternal. So I constantly have to run through even switching careers. Is there a way that I could make a bigger kingdom impact? And to date, I haven't found that, but I think it's a helpful question for anybody as they're navigating.
1: Yeah, but I think I would be really careful there too because, well, two things. One, I feel like, When people think, for instance, my job, like, um, I've gotten clarity, quote unquote, on like how God gifted me, what I'm passionate about, like where God, in some ways, like what is God's will for your life? I speak to young young women, I disciple young women, right? Yeah. Well, I'm about to be a mom and I have some decisions to make. Okay. So there are some, like, I could be like, well, that's a bigger kingdom impact. So I should just send my kid to daycare and only do this. I feel like people are going to get confused by, like, what's a bigger kingdom impact because they think numbers or they think whatever.
0: No, I mean, like, hey, you're working at home and you Zoom everywhere and you never actually meet your clients. Like, I think we're a little bit exceptional in terms of I think being a mom is an extraordinarily important kingdom impact. You're raising a disciple in the home 24-7 discipleship. That's a really unique Okay, a
1: better example would have been, like— um, a church job versus a real world job. You know what I mean? Where they're like, no.
0: I think there's a lot of people in church ministry that could make a bigger impact in corporate America. And by that, I mean, man, maybe God designed you with numbers. I still count on my hands, like with my fingers. You, you're freaking smart and you're an accountant and you could go be at Deloitte and be a light in a really dark place. And instead, um, you feel like everybody has to go into ministry, which everyone is in ministry if you're a Christian, according to the Bible, whether it's full-time vocational or you are tent making which I wish we had time to unpack all of that which is what Paul did. You know, hey, I'm going to have a job and I'm still going to proclaim Jesus. So I think that yeah, I, I think it's still something that you ask the question, how can I make the most impact possible for Jesus?
1: Okay, but here's one more thing. The other thing is like, that question is a little bit logical. You know what I mean? There's still logic into it. Like, what about all the unexplained of like, wait a second, this actually doesn't make sense. There's just something in my heart and my spirit as I'm following God, I'm submitting to community, I'm whatever, but there's something in me that says this is the way to go. Because JD, I'm like you where I'm like, I've prayed for things. I've been like, okay, for whatever reason, I, I sense this. And I'm like, put it on his heart. And then God will do it. And I'm like, all right.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I think you have freedom to do it. Yeah, As long as it doesn't contradict the Bible is what I'm saying. Yeah, And like,
2: I think he can lead that way. Sadly, we have to, have to wrap up. That. We have to wrap up, sadly. Man. Because this clearly is a good conversation. But, um, I mean, as far as God's will, what I'm hearing mostly the theme throughout <laughs> this is, hey, spend time doing God's revealed will. And that will push you to better trust as you follow his unrevealed will. Boom.
1: And lose the fear. Like, it's going to be okay. Like, God's got it. He's
0: got you. He has got you. And that is it and all we got for this week. We'll see you next (laughs) week in another episode of Views from the Porch. Thank you for listening to Views from the Porch. For more information about the Porch, follow us on social media or visit us at theporch.live. And as always, go in peace and love to serve the Lord this week.